You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Well, we have an I-Team report, an update. Paulie holding us in suspense. If you were watching on Peacock, you know the results. We were trying to track down the key to Carson Palmer's Heisman Trophy case, hoping said Heisman was in said case without key. Do they have a master key that would be able to open this? Is there a locksmith? Paulie, reveal what you found out, the I-team found out this so morning. For a couple of weeks, the College Football Hall of Fame had the case in its possession and was waiting to see if the key would turn up or if someone from the Dan Patrick Show would help out and actually get the key there. Mm. No, no can do on our side because we didn't uh, provide it. So they went downstairs, had their ops guy bring up his toolbox and zzz, zzz, and took take the top off. The Heisman was inside. It was intact. No issues. It doesn't appear that it was messed with in any way, but they don't know. But now their issue is, after they display it for a certain period of time, they do have to send it back to Carson Palmer. They have a case that has no key. So they will have to find a new case for that Heisman. Well, that'd be easier than finding a new Heisman. That's true. So I'm okay with the case. We are officially off the hook. Yeah. Man, it's been a long couple of days here. Some finger pointing in the back. I gave immunity to Dylan, who works in the back. He was part of the shipping crew. I was the last person to see the Heisman before it was lowered into the case. Fritzy delegating and then, you know, not taking any blame, distancing himself. It created a rift. I mean, it did. And hopefully we'll be able to patch that up in the next two weeks. Yes, yeah, Young Mario tweeting yesterday about how he doesn't eat lunch with rats. Oh, I know. By himself. Oh, I know. <laughs> Heated. Didn't want to have uh, lunch with Dylan because Dylan's a rat. Yeah, a lot of finger pointing yesterday. Uh, Andrew in Washington. Hi, Andrew. What's on your mind today? Good morning. 5-7, still loading. 165. Right. Thank you. Hey, I got to follow that up, Dan. I think... Uh, you know, Dan Patrick Nation needs to make sure Dylan is okay. We probably need to check in on him, make sure he's all right. I know it's cold in Milford. It's got to be frosty in that back room. Are people making eye contact? Can they talk to Dylan? Do they feel comfortable, you know, just being a friendly around him? Um, maybe, you know, we got to check. Have him come out, make sure snitches didn't get stitches. I, uh, I, did, well-being. I did see Dylan this morning, and uh, this is how bad it's gotten for Mario. Mario reaching out to Tyler to be his friend. Downgrading. Yes. Downgrading. I, I saw Ty- yeah. Tyler was in Mario's office earlier today, and I said, what's going on? And um, Mario said, well, given what Dylan did, you know, Tyler and I are uh, becoming friends again. Yes, Eden. And Tyler's only friend here is your dog, Winnie. Yes. And so are we going to see now Mario rolling around on the floor with Winnie, too? With my the, puppy? The three of them? Yeah. I, I, like, <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. I just know that, you know, Dylan and Mario used to be good friends. And I see Tyler in there, and Mario said that, you know, he's trying to be friends with Tyler again. And, and Dylan is, uh, you know, being called out as being a snitch. But he said, look, I got to do what's best for the show. Yeah, I guess he did. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. 
or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Kenny Pickett, the Pitt quarterback and a Heisman finalist who joins us on the program. Kenny, good morning. Official height and weight is what? Official height and weight, 6'3", 220. Two, all right. So almost 6'4". Almost 6'4". I like that you didn't round up, okay? You're, you're, you're telling the truth. I like that. And so some good, That's right. good qualities are coming. Uh, you got your degree? Yes, sir, in marketing. Okay, what are you going to do with that? Uh, we'll find out. Hopefully, hopefully play football for a little bit and then figure that one out. Uh, how would you market yourself? How would I market myself for, for the NFL? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would just say, uh, I mean, the, the tape. The tape is your best tool in, in, in football. So, you know, no matter what I say or anybody else says, if, you know, you just roll the tape, you'll find all the answers there. When did you realize that you could play at a high level, that you could be an NFL quarterback? I believe this since I was young, and, and I always just worked so hard towards it. And, um, you know, I just I, – I don't know. I just – through all the ups and downs, I always kept that belief. I think that's kind of what kept me going in the right direction and staying, staying focused and, and always working hard and getting better every day. And then it kind of just came into fruition for me. You grew up in Jersey, favorite quarterback growing up. Donovan McNabb. I was a big Eagles fan. Oh, did you meet him? I met him once at kind of like a fanfare. I got some pictures. Uh, I was like six or seven <laughs> years old. So it was back, it was back in the day. <laughs> do you remember uh, what it was like, that feeling? I do. I do. It was one of, I mean, I was a, a huge Eagle. I used to go to the games with my dad all the time. We would drive. It took an hour and a half drive from my house, and we grew up big Eagles fans. Um, that one famous game against, uh, Green Bay and Brett Favre. And, uh, I was at that game back in, I think like 2005, maybe. Um, so I, yeah, it's way back. Eagles, <laughs> Eagles got three first round picks there, Kenny. They do. They do. We'll see what happens. Okay. Would you want to follow Dan Marino's footsteps? And, and I know you went to Pitt, but Marino of course played for the Dolphins. Steelers famously passed on him. So you could play Pittsburgh or you could play for the Eagles. If I gave you those two choices, what would you take? Uh, those are great choices. I would take whoever has the higher pick, whoever, whoever has the first <laughs> option. So, okay. All right. uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll take anywhere. Um, you know, just the, the dream of playing in the NFL is, you know, you know, since I was a kid, since I picked up a football. So I, I, I would love anywhere. Uh, as far as the, uh, the picket slide where you didn't give yourself up and you kept running, how long had you thought about that move against Wake Forest? I, I never thought about doing it ever. Um, it was just kind of an instinct thing. Uh, I couldn't, I, I got to the sideline, all the quarterbacks were asking like, what, what was I thinking? How did I, what was I planning on doing? I had no idea. I just kind of, I, I blinked and the next thing I knew I ended up in the end zone. So, uh, I just kind of felt as a player you just kind of feel things i felt them pull up before i even was going to start to slide i think that's the only way i could have had that idea to do that in that moment and how fast i was going um but you know it worked out for us do you think they're going to change the rule oh i'm I'm sure i mean people are saying I, i cheated i think that's a little you know ridiculous there's no rule for it um, you know, there's, there's guys that fake running out of bounds and, and all that stuff. And, you know, I've never done that. This was just kind of like, a, a, I couldn't even tell you what I was thinking. I just went out there and did it. Um, but I, I guarantee 
with how much publicity it's getting, I'm, I'm sure there will be a rule next year. Well, how surprised are you at that publicity? I was pretty surprised. I thought in the game, I was just like, oh, I made a, I made a play. I didn't think it was going to be a, a big deal um, until obviously after the game and, and days after the game, it was still being talked about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, we, we won by 20-something points, so I don't think that was a deciding factor in the game, but um, definitely a big play to start the game. I think you can only do it once, though, Kenny. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't do it again if I tried. Pro. I, I could, you know, I've never practiced it. I've never, I don't know how I did. I don't even know how I came up with it on the fly. I just did it, uh, just being a player. So, yeah. Are you playing in the Peach Bowl? Well, with, you know, recent news and, and out of, you know, our team with Coach Whipple and everybody, you know, that's something I actually just got home yesterday and I didn't get a chance to talk about it with my parents. Um, just kind of enjoying the season and, and getting a chance to see some family who I haven't been around in, in, a, in a long time. So, uh, but definitely I'll be talking about that with my family here soon. So you're undecided. I'd say undecided right now. Yes. What happened with coach Whipple uh, stepping down your offensive coordinator? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's personal with, with his decision and, and the information he gave me. So oh, I'll okay. keep that tight, but um, it, it happens, things happen. And um, you know, he has his reasons and, um, you know, I can't thank him enough for all the things that we we were able to accomplish together in three years and seeing how much we grew in the first, you know, looking at the first two years to last year, uh, just a lot of hard work and, uh, you know, very grateful for uh, Coach Whip. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I go back six years ago with Christian McCaffrey and he sat out a bowl game and everybody was up in arms. And then Leonard Fournette sat out, didn't play in a bowl game. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon's probably not going to play in a bowl game. You, we haven't seen quarterbacks, I don't think, do it. But I understand, like, what is the risk and the reward for you playing in the Peach Bowl? Like, what do you think you could gain by playing in the Peach Bowl? Right. I mean, I'm going to be honest, it's something I haven't, you know, sat down and, and discussed with my family. It's been a kind of a crazy past couple of days, um, you know, getting the Johnny Unitas news and, and the Heisman news. And it's just been kind of a, a whirlwind of two days and driving back to New Jersey. So, um, I think, you know, this, these next couple of days, I'll be able to sit down and, and really figure that out. Who's coming to New York for the Heisman ceremony? I'm 45 minutes, like an hour south of the city. So um, I plan on having, I mean, my, my girlfriend, my mom, dad, my sister definitely will be there. And I think there's going to be like, you know, probably 100 people at a, at a spot 20 minutes from it that we'll go meet up after and uh, get a chance to, you know, celebrate and see a lot of friends and family. So. Uh, it'll be it'll be a special day for sure. Who would you vote for the Heisman? Who would I vote for? I'd vote for myself. Um, you know, just all the all, all the things that you know I've done this season that hasn't been done in school history and ACC history. Um, you know, I I just feel like I'm I'm the best player in the country. Good. Got to have confidence in yourself. I think Bryce is going to win the Heisman, but you know, it's a great honor to be able to you know represent your school and. You know, it's one of those moments that's that's going to be history when you're there, you know, even if you're in the audience. Congrats on the great year, a great career, I should say. And good luck with that decision. I know it'll be difficult in deciding if you're going to play or not, and we'll be following. Thank you, Kenny. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Have a good day. That's Kenny Pickett. Uh, he's going to be one of the final four. The finalists there going to New York City. He'd vote for himself. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app 
at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Peter Schrager, popular co-host of Good Morning Football and FoxSports.com senior national writer. He joins us on the program. Good morning, Peter. How are you, buddy? Good, Good morning. So happy to be with you, Dan. It's been a while. Would your wife like a calendar? Yeah. I heard that. Um, I, yeah, the, the topless option is is an interesting one. Is it a gag gift or is this like, no, you might really like seeing Andrew Perloff with his shirt off um, for 31 days. I don't know. I don't know if that's. Well, if that's you'll gag. That's the gag gift wow, part of that's it. That's good. Yes, yes, good. yes. But I don't I don't know if, you know, good morning football, if, if Kay would like to have one of these calendars we can, we or can not want to have one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's stocking stuffer, but, uh, you know, we have all kinds crap of crap lying around that office. Yeah, I might as well yeah. see what we got. Okay. Is it, we just had Kenny Pickett on last hour. And I'm wondering, are we at the point where there's going to be a quarterback taken number one overall? Like, does a quarterback have to go number one overall this year, even if we don't have that Trevor Lawrence type quarterback? Yeah, it's such a fascinating deal because there's this double-edged sword of saying, well, yeah, yeah, we want to hype up the young quarterbacks and we want to, but almost like the MVP award in the NFL right now, finding that quarterback in college in the draft, it, it's, it's, it's not a slam dunk on any of them. And I don't know. And especially with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and maybe Jimmy Garoppolo and who knows who else being available in the veteran market, teams might address their quarterback needs in March and it would lead to an interesting April because Dan, I'll be honest, I'm one of the draft guys on NFL network. It's a business. We got the combine. There is not the Trevor Lawrence this year. There's not that Zach Wilson this year. You could argue there's not a Justin Fields, Trey Lance or Mac Jones this year. So if we're going to by default have to hype one of these guys, well, sure. Pickett has had a great year and he's been awesome at Pitt and we can make a case for a lot of these guys and the kid from Nevada and Carson strong, but it's not like this 12-month buzz that we got with these other guys that we knew, like, hey, this is going to be a great quarterback crop. All right. If not a quarterback, then who do you think would be the number one overall pick? I don't know if if, if he's eligible or not or if he's going to become number 97 in Michigan. Steve Hutchinson's son, Aiden Hutchinson, has put on such a show over the last two weeks on these nationally televised games that there becomes this momentum and it becomes this. Wait, is he in the Bosa conversation? I think so. I think so. I think he's viewed as that high. Okay. um, The Oregon Thibodeau has had a ton of hype as well. This might be the year where it's a defensive end. And we've had Miles Garrett and Mario Williams and, and Javion Clowney in the past, but Aiden Hutchinson's stock has been on fire for the last month as Michigan wins. So does his draft status. I was wondering about, NBC has Bears and Packers. Yeah. Should they flex out of that? Can they flex out of that? Uh, there's Bills, Buccaneers, Niners, Bengals, Raiders, Chiefs, Ravens, Browns. Or do you want to see Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers against the Bears, maybe the final time? 
Maybe. Yeah. I thought he already declared that he owned them. Um, they can't, they can't, they, they can't flex out now. I'll say this. There is something to having those name brands out there. And if this is the bears, uh, you know, their last stand with Nagy and whatever it is. All right, fine. It's, it's Rogers. You, know, you look at this slate, CBS isn't going to give up that bucks, that bucks bills game. That's too good for them in that window. And, you know, what are you taking? Are you taking Bengals 49ers? Are you going, you know, the Fox isn't giving up Cowboys uh, versus Washington. Okay. So. But who, who decides what you give up? If if NBC it used to be NBC was able to take these games, weren't they? Yeah. Now no, what, who decides that if you know, obviously Fox wants to hold on to the Cowboys or Bill's Bucks is spicy for CBS, but if NBC had wanted to flex a could they and were there games that would be off limits there? You know, historically, you're right. I think they get to pick it, but it has to be, it's usually two weeks in advance. You usually get that 10-day window where they're saying, okay, no, that's going to be flexed out. They didn't flex it out. There's something to seeing Rodgers on Sunday Night Football still. You know, for all the national televised games he's had, I don't recall one this season where he's been on Sunday night. So maybe this is Al, Chris, and Michelle and their opportunity to do a Rodgers game. And that's kind of like, hey, we're good with this. Let's just roll with Rodgers. Are we fighting the urge to give Tom Brady the MVP or fighting the urge to acknowledge that the Patriots could actually be a really good team? I think we're fighting the urge on both. And I think the Brady thing, I said it on uh, Good Morning Football as people were, you know, breaking their back, making the case for TJ Watt or Jonathan Taylor. And it's like, well, if you look at, why are we, Brady's been amazing. Brady's been amazing. Leads the league in every statistical category. His team is atop their division. They're rolling. Like, is this the Michael Jordan thing where, you know, Charles Barkley wins an MVP and Carl Malone wins an MVP. And then we start arguing about Clyde Drexler. Is he going to be the guy this, you know, and then Jordan's like, it's been me all along. And, and that's maybe what it is with Brady. There's a fatigue from the voters, but also in the desire to crown the next young quarterback, we've rotated from, you know, whether it be Lamar early in the season to then Kyler. And then, Hey, it's Josh Allen's year. And, Maybe it's just the greatest of all time, and it's okay to vote for him for MVP, as as bored as the, the, the voting populace might be with it. He's Peter Schrager, co-host of NFL Network's Good Morning Football, FoxSports.com, senior national writer. Let me go back to Kenny Pickett there for a moment. He almost went to Temple, and I believe Matt Rule was at Temple. Now yeah. Matt Rule's at Carolina. Carolina could use a quarterback. I wonder if you could... Although there, there's been talk that maybe Matt Rule firing his offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, to hold on to his job, and maybe he goes back to college. I don't know. But I'm wondering, maybe you could connect the dots and Carolina could be in business with Kenny Pickett. Maybe. I mean, my, my read on the Joe Brady thing, this comes from pretty good intelligence, was like, it wasn't working. And I think they both say that it wasn't working this season. And now Joe Brady's going to get pick of the litter for one of these college offensive coordinator jobs or, or one of these head coaching jobs that's still available in college. And the, he might look at that and be like, that's a backhanded thing to say that I'm not ready for the NFL, but here doing it now, if they weren't going to be going into the off season as is doing it now in December is a lot better for him job wise than in late January, whenever they would have done it. Can he pick it? That pick is going to be analyzed for years. They went with, J.C. Horn, a cornerback, over Justin Fields and over Mac Jones. And that'll be picked apart a million ways. I still think they're going to be players, though, in the veteran market. And, I, you know, the, watch what they did with Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. Just wait till this offseason. I could see Tepper and, of course, Scott Fitter, the GM, and then the head coach, Matt Rule, saying, Let, let's go for broke, whether it be 
Watson, Russell Wilson, Rodgers, Garoppolo, whatever it is, saying, hey, let's find our quarterback. We don't need to rely on a rookie to do this. Why is there revisionist history with people's opinion on Mac Jones? Hey, I, I love you asking that. Can I tell you something? Very, very seldom do I pat myself on the back publicly. Do I told you to, I was the biggest Mac Jones like guy and I got crushed for two months on Good Morning Football being like, he's a stiff, he's not athletic. Of course you like him, he's not as dynamic. But everything that I heard leading up to the draft, and you probably heard the same stuff, was like, he is athletic, he's as smart as they come, and he's actually a great leader. All those Alabama kids swore by him, whether it was Waddle or Smith or the class before that. Anytime we interviewed them on our show, it was like, Max the guy. And sometimes we'd even try to pit two versus Mac, and a lot of them would be like, no, Max, Max a dog, Max, Max dog. So I, I think it's crazy that when all of us in the media had you know, the, the 49ers taking Mac at three, the response wasn't, uh, you know, oh, I don't think your information's good. The response was, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in the world. Well, I don't know. It, Mac Jones looks pretty good to me. And Mac Jones looks pretty competent. And he handed the ball off really well on Monday <laughs> night. And, and you could laugh at like, hey, he did nothing. It takes a pretty different kind of kid to say, hey, I'm cool with this game plan, whatever it takes to go get the win. I'm fine with being the Okay, if Brady was still quarterbacking the Patriots. I don't know. You tell me. Do you think How many passes with... do you think Brady throws against Buffalo Monday night? I think out of respect to Tom Brady, you don't do that game plan. And I think it takes a, a first-year neophyte quarterback, and I think it takes a coach and an offensive coordinator with as much equity as they do and with a quarterback as little equity as Mac Jones says to make that happen. I don't think Brady stomachs a two for three. Maybe I'm wrong. Brady might be listening to this and be like, I'll do anything for a win. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, where do you stand on the Taysom Hill experiment? Got five more weeks. Let's see how this goes. Um, I, he's a great. He's thirty-one years of age, Peter. I know. I know. He's not twenty-five. I know, and he's injured now, and he's got the foot, and he's got the other issue with the finger. And <laughs> Sean Payton's going to will it to happen, one way or another. We're going to find out. So you have the next few weeks to to decide on Taysom Hill. Oh my God! Are, are the Bills still a Super Bowl contender? Tough. I said the word emasculating on air and I got a lot of feedback from like Bills fans. Like, no, wait, that's a line too far. But to, to lose the way they lost to Indianapolis at home and we celebrate the table smashing and the crazy Bills fans and how hard it is to play up there and then to lose to the Patriots the way they did on Monday night. That's really hard to bounce. They've from. they've lost to every quality team. Remember when and they it, lost to the Steelers opening week and we were like, golly. That's an oddity. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Maybe not so yeah, much no. now when you think about it. And, and I said this after the game yesterday. It's a Buffalo team not built for Buffalo weather. No, but they, that's the thing. It's like you, you go in like, oh, playing up in Buffalo in December. Yeah, it's uncomfortable for anybody, but they're not built necessarily to be a run heavy and then stop the run team. And they've been exposed the last few weeks. I think we're going to learn a lot about that team, that, that organization and those players over the next few weeks, how they bounce back, how they show up against Tampa on Sunday will tell us a lot because everyone's writing them off. Everyone's yeah. writing them off. And if Josh Allen is this next level top five quarterback, throw it on me, I'll get it done guy. He goes and wins this game in Tampa and says, now, now you, everybody are just, just, just hang on. I, we still got something here. I want to see what, what he brings. Uh, as Peter was talking and uh, didn't want to pat himself on the back. So I'll do that. He said this about Mac Jones. 
the basement on Mac Jones from everyone you talk to. The basement is Kirk Cousins. The ceiling, if he's unbelievable, he's the perfect prospect, might be Drew Brees. That's from <laughs> April. Not bad, considering he's a stiff. <laughs> you're, you not know what I love? you're not supposed to say not bad. I was complimenting you. Dan, I once said that Russell Wilson was a reach in the third round. <laughs> so I, I wear it. I wear it when I get them wrong. I once said that Reuben Foster and Solomon Thomas were going to change the face of the 49ers forever. I mean, I wear it when I get it wrong. But Mac Jones, it was 100 out of 100 across the board from football people. And yet there was this great resistance because here's this one-year guy who looks like Howdy Doody coming out of Alabama, which doesn't really churn out NFL quarterbacks. Um I don't know. I, I, I really, I, I think he was my number one, number two rated quarterback after Trevor Lawrence. That includes Zach Wilson, who everyone just assumed was number two. So that's just my one, one of those that I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm going to take uh, some credit for that. Even if people still are doubting him. <laughs> I, I whiffed on Solomon Thomas. As I think well. a lot of us did. Yeah. 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 I whiffed on Logan Thomas as well. Oh, had an awesome arm at Virginia Tech, right? I thought he was going to win the Heisman Trophy. Me too. I love Logan (laughs) Thomas in college. Hey, but he's in the NFL playing tight end. He is. He's having a nice career. I was a big – yeah, you can go down the list, but I was was one of the huge Matt Barkley fans too. Like, And Matt Barkley's had a great NFL career. He's been a backup. But, like, I was one of those who's, like, during the college season, that's a top 10 pick inside and out. And uh, that's when I learned to not maybe not just top off my head and – Maybe talk to people in the NFL who know things before I start saying things. Yes, McLovin. This is very educational for me. I, I've actually never whiffed yet, but if I do, I'll know how to handle it mm. gracefully like you guys. Mm. Is this gracefully? Did you ever hear what McLovin had to say about Blake Bortles or uh, Blaine Gabbard or Cam Newton? Did you ever hear this? No. What, okay. was, that? what was the take? Mm, let me see if we have it. Cam Newton's not close. He's three years away, and uh, Gabbard's <laughs> more pro-ready right now. Yeah. So he won, he won rookie of the year right out of the gate. Maybe one of the best rookie seasons you've ever seen. Imagine if he had been ready, Pete. I mean, just imagine if we gave him three years to learn from Steve Berline or Chris Wanky or Jimmy Clausen. <laughs> uh, was good morning football in the running for McLovin since he's leaving this show at the, uh, at the uh, end of the year. Did anybody like, was anybody's job maybe in jeopardy expendable? Now they knew that McLovin was going to be available in the open market. It's one of those players where you're like, we'll never get our hands on him. So we didn't even make the overture. <laughs> we had no idea. I will say this. I love you guys as a group. And uh, good luck, McLovin, and all your endeavors. You're awesome, man. Yes, McLovin. When Nate Burleson left, I think the natural connection was receiving <laughs> oh. skills. Oh, okay. That was it. Right. That was it. Uh, the the never mind. I was going to make a, a knock at Nate, but now people are like, "Ooh, that, that'll be like media news." But anyway, we love everyone. <laughs> well, Nate's big time now. Like he doesn't really have much time for you guys, does he? Good luck answering my call. No, he's he's busy with Gail King. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, and Oprah. And yeah. Oprah. Does awesome. he call her? Oh, like what's that work with Nate? How's that work? What when they're in Montecito together? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Wow. I don't know how that all works. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. Sitting in a cubicle right now, by the way, Dan, doing this. So, yeah, just so you know the difference between me and Nate right now. You have yeah. made it. Yes. <laughs> Your career is sky. Do you have a game this weekend? I'll be in studio for Fox doing a little pregame stuff with them for this. We've had an awesome matchup with Washington and Dallas. Suddenly that's a game. I love it. Is there a rivalry between you and Jay Glazer? No, no, okay. they're actually very fond of each other and get along well. Jay's okay. a, Jay's got a lot, uh, a lot more cool things going on off the field than me. I usually go home and like eat a, <laughs> eat a paleo string cheese. Jay is out with like Stallone and David Spade or something. 
Glazer does rub, uh, rub, literally rub shoulders with uh, yeah. some of the uh, the elite there. He's the man. Yeah. I like how he'll do a cameo and break his story and then go back to his regular life. <laughs> That's it. Like, oh, damn. I got to, I got to. And they're massive. They're yeah, massive. He'll break, <laughs> he'll break huge stories and like go back to working out with Demi Lovato. And I'm sitting here like <laughs> grinding away for ankle injury news. Like, what's Russell Gage's ankle look like? <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, keep your head up, okay? Thanks. We'll get there. Thank you, Peter.